Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Downtown Falcons podcast, part of the Downtown Sports Network podcast network. As always, I'm your host, Joe Carlino here. Uh, normally, we have my bud, my co-host, my partner, Tyler Vining, joining us. But unfortunately, he is currently focusing on personal issues going on in his life. We are here for him. We want, we're want we going to have him back eventually. And at the end of the day, we want him healthy, happy, all that stuff. But on the bright side, we do have a special guest joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And she is one of the best sports writers and debaters in the country right now. She went to Missouri Baptist University, got her undergrad and her master's from there. She currently writes and podcasts for Downtown Rams with our patriarch, Jake Ellen Bogan. And she's honestly a really good person on Twitter. And let's be real, there's not a lot of great people on Twitter, but she's one of the good ones. We're bringing in Downtown Rams' very own Alexis Kraft. How are you doing, Alexis? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. Yeah, I try to give like good intros and everything like that because it's like you can't have a lackluster intro right. in a sense of things. You got you got to have it like fun, get get like the cool. fans invested in all that. I respect uh, that. So how are you doing today? Everything going good with you? I am great. As you know, I've literally just got home from my vaccine, my first dose. So that all was right, the, first dose. First dose, one down, one to go. That was all that was on my calendar today, except for this. Um, and it's Saturday, and it's a beautiful day in Chicago. So I am just loving the weather. I'm, I'm a little jealous because I'm in Florida and it's 82 degrees, and I feel like, and I feel, and I feel hot as hell because it's the humidity. Like, it, it's, it's terrible in Florida. Do not come to Florida. I try not. I'm a, I'm, Smart woman, smart woman. All right. So as always, guys, you know that we are sponsored by Built Bar. So use code Downtown Falcons and tell them that we sent you guys. Uh, I honestly forget the other sponsors, to be fully honest with you guys. I got to pull that up uh, at a later time. But what's important, though, is that we have brought in Alexis here today. She's going to talk with us about Falcons free agents that we've signed recently. She has her own mock drafts that she has written about the Falcons, although in hindsight it was the whole league or the first round and whatnot. But she's going to tell us about what she thinks. We're going to talk to her a little bit about what uh, Matt Ryan means to Atlanta with all the reports coming out. And then we're going to put her on the hot seat. And I hope she's ready for it because Atlanta is, much like Florida, can be very, very hot. So are you ready for that, Alexis? I am ready. All right, so first things first, we are going to discuss the free agent signings for the Falcons. As you know, we were cap-strapped entering free agency, but we had to restructure Matt Ryan's deal to be able to have some money to sign for free agents. Uh, first signing that we did get was Deron Harmon from the Lions. Now, Deron Harmon, I honestly did. I know that he played for the Lions, but I saw, the high, I saw a highlight clip that he was on the Patriots, and he Picked off Sam Darnold, I think it was two years ago. I mean, starting 16 games is definitely a plus in the league. What do you think of his signing? I think it's good. I think, if anything, it adds depth to that position for you guys. Uh, He's not someone I'm super familiar with. I feel like he's a little under the radar. I don't think he's, you know, obviously like a standout star. But I think that he's solid. I think he's consistent. So I think, if anything... Uh, you guys were just adding some depth with that signing. 
agreed with that. And staying in the positional group of the defensive secondary, we also signed Fabian Moreau of the Washington football team previously. Uh, I've honestly never heard of him truthfully, but apparently he's a decent size, quality athleticism. Uh, It's a one-year deal. So most of these are going to be one-year deals. And Eric Harris, Eric Harris was the, I think like the outlier because again, like I've never heard of him before. And apparently he played for the Raiders last year and was okay, but he did have a couple of missed uh, assignments and whatnot. But at the end of the day, these receivers and tight ends, they're able to just stop on a die and make breaks all over the place. So, and the protection is definitely helpful with their quarterbacks too. Yeah, well, I uh, was familiar with Fabian Moreau. Um, he played college football at UCLA, and then obviously was drafted relatively high. I think he was drafted in the third round by a Washington football team. So I think it's a good get for you guys. I honestly didn't see too much of him when he played in the NFL. I believe that he was pretty consistent, though. I mean, obviously he... I think he was released by Washington football team. Uh, Usually when that, you know, I don't know for what reasons that that was, but again, could just be secondary depth. I would be surprised if Atlanta didn't try to see if he could potentially start uh, at corner. So we'll see. And then as for Eric Harris, I mean, what with us losing Ricardo Allen in free agency, Keanu Neal in free agency, Demonte KZ in free agency, we needed some safety help definitely back there. And Harris probably will do well. It's just dependent on what happens with our secondary because uh, let's be real. We can't stop a nosebleed with that. Yeah. I really don't know much about him other than the fact that, you know, apparently he, he was on the Raiders, but I, unfortunately I, I can't really comment on it. I'm again, I'm assuming depth. Yeah. It's probably a depth signing. And then, uh, moving inward, we had the linebacker core uh, signing Brandon Copeland and Barkevius Mingo. Copeland, I heard about from my brother who is a Patriots fan. So, you know, that Super Bowl was loads of fun. Uh, but he said that Copeland was a really good linebacker for them. And I, my boss, who's also a Pats fan, he said that he was a really good signing for Atlanta. Mingo apparently was a former first rounder, I guess, a, a while back. And I honestly didn't even know that he was a a first-round pick. But he's played in Chicago, Houston, Seattle, Indy, New England, and Cleveland. So kind of a – I don't want to say rotational guy, but he's definitely a journeyman. Yeah, that's my thought as well. I mean, again, depth. I I don't – I don't know. I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank. I think that this is obviously a veteran signing. And, you know, I, if I'm a Falcons fan, I just want to see and hope that he can contribute, uh, which I'm sure he will. Yeah, especially with guys like Debo and Michael Walker and Foye. Those guys are a really good linebacker core. I mean, we saw what, what Foye was able to do, and we had him on the pod a while back, along with uh, Jacob Tuioti Mariner, who we did re sign, thankfully because Tuyoti Mariner is a really good defensive lineman for us. Uh, Tyler Hall was a exclusive rights. We re-signed him. He was all right. Jaden Graham was okay. 
I know he was more of a blocking tight end. Uh, Christian Blake, rotational wide receiver. He he did have some good plays. I know against Denver, he had uh, he had some good plays against them. The real signing that I personally liked of everything that we got was re-signing Youngway. We needed Youngway uh, to come back because I don't know. I, I know it's a little bit controversial because the Rams do have a good kicker themselves, or they did, but Youngway is probably the best kicker in the NFL bar Justin Tucker in the AFC. Agree or disagree? Uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think uh, with kickers, you look for consistency. I mean, that's that's the key to a good kicker in the NFL, and, and he's one of the best in that regard. Yeah, especially when, um, especially when he started with his career in the Chargers and back then the Chargers. I, st- I still remember we joked about this entering this year's Chargers game. It was the team that, that finds creative ways to blow leads in the AFC versus the team that finds creative ways to blow leads in the NFC. Who's going to find the creative you know, way to blow the lead? I've, yeah, I, I get that. Trust me. I've had my fair share of Falcons jokes on Twitter, which you've probably seen. Um, yep. About blowing you that You that Lindsay okay girl on Twitter who's like a big time Ravens uh I guess like a writer or a blogger or whatever. And she, and she does, and she does good work. I, I have followed her and she does good work, but it's like, you know, yeah, the jokes eventually, are... you know, I get it to an, ex- to an extent, but when you've dealt with it as long as we have, it just, it's just like, eh, what are you going to, what, what are you going to come at now? Yeah, Cause nothing can hurt you anymore. Be great. No, what, developed what... A thick skin. I dated a Falcons fan and. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it around the time of the Super Bowl? Um, I can't, what year? I, it was either, what year was that? 2017. Season? It was in February, February. 2017. Yeah, that's right. Because, yep. uh, yeah, I dated him after that, like, recent, that year. And for a long time, actually. But that's when we started dating. And, yeah, I, I had my fair share of uh, hits in that regard about the Falcons, but I think that like knowing the cycle of how things go, you guys will have a, you'll have a big moment eventually. I don't know when it'll be, but like, that's how the cycle, that's how NFL karma works. It's like the Browns, right? Like they went through it. Hopefully it doesn't take you as long, (laughs) but they went through it and they went through like all the jokes all the like the Cleveland slander or whatever and now they're really good so I think you guys will get there agreed I, I do think the the Jadavion Clowney signing is definitely a good thing for Cleveland I do like how him and Miles Garrett on the outside that's definitely gonna call, cause some uh problems I know they did release Sheldon Richardson which was very interesting because it's like you already had two guys on the outside to worry about but what about the interior because if you don't have the interior, then you can do a chip block and then try to double team one of them on the outside and everything. It's much like with the with the Bucks because you know uh, I worked for them for five years, so I know I saw when they drafted their players that they you know the fans were happy, they were getting good players, and when I just they needed that spark. And if and I've got jokes upon jokes upon jokes of Bucks fans telling me. We need you to run out on the field. Jameis threw another interception. Or we need you to warm up your kicking leg. Our kicker missed a field goal again. 
of which I was okay with the missing field goals, especially when it happened against us. Yeah. Although that, that also hurt, that also hurt last year during fantasy, because even as a Falcons fan, I had Will Lutz. I had Lutz as my kicker. He was electric. And then just out of nowhere, he was missing and missing and costing me. Like I was like, I'm happy that he's missing the kicks. Cause you know, it's a foul as a Falcons fan. You don't want the saints to do well, but at the same time, it's like, damn it. Fantasy. I was doing well. Know, that's always the struggles when you draft people to your fantasy team who are in your division, like your real life team's division. I've been there. I get it. Yeah. Cause it, especially like in play. I mean, granted I lost the first round of playoffs. I'm kind of happy that I lost first round because the very next week, uh, was the Alvin Kamara six rushing touchdown game. And the number one seed had Kamara. So it was like, well, if I wasn't, if I was going to, if I wasn't going to lose the first week, I was definitely going to lose week two. It's rough. Yeah, it, it, it can be. Um, but get, getting back on top of like fantasy and whatnot, um, we did see how Calvin Ridley did in fantasy. He was electric for Atlanta, 800 yard receiving games. Uh, do you think that they should re-sign him or, you know, start talking about an extension for him at this point? Yeah. I think they need to lock it down. I think he, listen, I mean, you have Julio Jones, who's one of the best, but I think Julio, you know, he's kind of think on that back end. And I think Calvin Ridley is young. He's electric, like you said. He's very consistent. And I think it'd be very smart for the Falcons to lock him up long term. And, you know, I think he's going to want a big contract, deservedly so. But I think that Atlanta should give that to him and ensure that he stays a Falcon um, for at least several more years. I agree on that. I think what the plan is, is I think Atlanta will definitely at least put the fifth year option on him because the fun thing is that we're probably going to do the option on Hayden Hurst, I would think too, because they literally are draft neighbors in a sense, because Baltimore picked Hayden Hurst 25th and that led Ridley for us at 26. So they'll probably both get the extension, like the, the option and whatnot. And then I think that's when Fontenot will go after extending Ridley because when the extension of Ridley, it's going to be right around the time that the new, TV deal starts to kick in because it's not like you're going to do an extension now and when we're still getting out of the pandemic and everything. It'd be foolish to try to put Atlanta in even more salary cap hell than we already are in. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I I think they'll definitely, like you said, very minimum fifth-year option, but I think that they will do that and then extend. I I don't see them at least... I, I don't see them not trying, at least. Yeah, I... I definitely see them trying. It's just a matter of what happens with them. Cause I, I know Atlanta has a track record that at least they extend the fifth year option to their first round picks. I mean, they did it with Beasley. They did it with uh, Keanu. They did it with, um, I'm trying to think who, who else did we, uh, I think we did it with Jake Matthews. Uh, we didn't have to do it with Ryan because he had a seven year contract when he, signed so we didn't have to worry about that um i'm trying because i know we had a history of like every first round pick we did up until tack had gotten the fifth year option extended to him so it was like these things happen and what what's really sad is that beasley and tack they 
they're making practice squads now, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Because, I mean, coming out of Clemson, Beasley was, I, I don't know if he was, like, at, again, you probably had more expertise on him coming out of Clemson. Was he worth the number eight overall pick in, in 2015? Uh, I think at the time I thought so. I mean, obviously a lot of people thought so. That's kind of where he was projected to go. And then obviously the, uh, the Falcons took him, but I think it was just one of those things where, you know, you take a guy and they just don't pan out in the NFL the way you thought they would. And it happens all the time. It's just unfortunate, but that's kind of the risk that you take when, when you're drafting is, this guy's really good, but will that translate to the NFL? And you gamble on that. And I think in his case, it just didn't work out. And unfortunately it didn't. And then as a side note, we'll throw it out there. Two picks later, a certain Georgia boy took a flight out to LA played for you guys for four years. And then a while, no five, or was it six years? How, how long did Gurley play for you guys? Five, six, something like that. Uh, I, seasons and yeah because then actually wait when was it yeah he yeah he played he actually took a flight to st louis at that time right uh, right, I, right i forgot <laughs> that's i, I forgot because the yeah that's why i got confused but it was 2015 um, yeah because that 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 was the year of the mustard um, yeah the mustard bowl color rush. the mustard ketchup yeah, the... game between us and the bucks yeah that was and that and that was a that was unfortunate were you at that game, game. I wasn't at the game, no. I wanted to be, and I was uh, not there. But, yeah, that was an unfortunate. Like, that was the way that the Rams went out in St. Louis. That was the last game they played there. Uh, you didn't take part in any of the the slander, right? Because I know, like, some people uh, did some slander on uh, – on, uh, it's Stan, right? That That's the – Oh, no, I fully slandered well, him. I can't stand him. I don't care. He still owns the Rams, but like everyone knows where I stand with him. I just, I openly ridicule him and harass him <laughs> online when I have the chance. Would you put it on the level of uh, Cleveland fans to Art Modell? I really don't have a lot of experience with that. I really don't know much about that. Um, I will say that I've never seen a bigger fraud or coward in my life. So we can leave it at that but he's just an absolute disgrace to the NFL. And I hate that he's my team's owner. The only, he, but, but I think most people, honestly, mo- even people who like wanted them in LA, most, well, actually, okay, not LA. LA Rams fans really like him right now um, because he brought the team back. But uh, he owns a lot of sports teams. And historically, uh, fans of teams that Stan Kroenke own do not like him because – other than the Rams, they're just all being run into the dirt. Specifically, the soccer yeah, that, club. That, that, the soccer club. Yeah, I'm trying to think um, of the name of it. Um, ga- the Galaxy. No, no, it's in Europe. It's in Europe. I don't know why he owns uh, it, but he owns it because of money. But like I, uh, a few years ago, I, there was like a whole movement started by them on Twitter about how much they hated him. And I was like joining in, even though I have no vested interest in that soccer team. It's like in Europe. Um, now I have to look it up because it's going to bother me. But I was just joining in on it because I was like, yeah, I hate him too. But yeah, he owns several <laughs> yeah, teams. I, mean, I, I, 
Yeah, because I, I know the Bucks owners, the Glazers. That that's how they got their money was from Man Man U, and also I think they were in the real estate like like Jerry was. And side note on the Bucks, I'm thankful that they finally got rid of. I I don't mean to bash their this company, but Aramark Concessions is not great, but Legends Hospitality is by far and away a premier massive improvement on concessions. And I'm not just saying that because I work for them at Steinbrenner field. I'm saying that out of experience, those guys know quality and they will not serve you a burger. That's about as black as my Nintendo switch controller. Well, that's good to know. (laughs) And yeah, so Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal, which is a huge soccer club. Are, 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 yeah, ooh, oh, they're uh, they're huge. Why he they're has, huge. Why he owns it? Money. Um, I don't know if he's ever been to a game, but they all really don't like him. And yeah, so I did join in. I'm not a fan of our like. I don't dislike Arsenal, but like I'm not like a fan or anything. But we do share a common yeah, hatred for our owners, for our owner. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't really follow much on soccer. My brother follows it a little bit with, with FIFA and all them. So he knows about like Arsenal and Liverpool and all them. Um, but I think the biggest signing that, or at least it, it might be the most recent, so it's probably the biggest name. What do you think of Cordero Patterson coming to Atlanta? I like him a lot. I watch a lot of Bears football. My family is Bears fans. So I watch a lot of Bears. So I I saw a lot of him and I really like him. I think he's solid. I think he obviously is best used as a returner. He hasn't seen much in-game action at receiver, although he's been thrown in, in in certain sets and things like that. I imagine the Falcons will do the same thing that the Bears did in that regard. I think he's probably mostly being looked at as a specialist. So I think it's a good signing. I think we, it's a good and we did, and we did do that with Devin Hester when he came to Atlanta too. We right. we used him predominantly as a returner, but he did have a, a couple stints of wide receiver. The running back would be interesting because we did release Edo Smith, which was unfortunate. But it'll be interesting to see what he does in our in our system. I mean, if he does anything, what he did in Chicago, and as long as he returns a kickoff for a touchdown against the Saints, I'll be fine with it. There you go. Um, but you, you, I, I do want to make that that note that you know we did. You guys did have Devin Hester, and he came to Atlanta. And we all know how great Devin Hester was. I mean, if not the, it, he's definitely in the top two or three of the best returners in NFL history. We can always we can argue who the actual greatest was at another time. Um, yeah, but you said your fa- you said your family was Bears fans. I gotta ask the commercials that we see for like Sunday Night Football, the one like Aaron Rodgers did. Is that accurate on on Bears fans? Do they act like that? I don't think so. I think like like just dressing up like dressing up like Ditka or just you know, like like going like well, talking like Chicago and all that. Not really. I would I okay. There are some that have that kind of like thick Chicago accent uh, up here. It, it like kind of depends on where, where you live. Like my family doesn't have that accent, but uh, yeah, it, 
it's some, but I think it's very over dramatized and it's definitely only the older generation, but they don't act like that, but that voice a little, maybe, but not the, 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 the accents there. Yeah. The accents a little bit, but the, the theatrical part of, of that stuff is, isn't real that I've seen. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing, but if I remember correctly, they're also on the North side of Chicago, right? The bears. Cause the Bears and the I think the Bears and the Cubs are the North side because the South side's the White Sox, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I I knew something was up because I know like they have a North side and a South side. And I'm assuming they probably have an East and West side of Chicago, but I don't know. Yeah, they do. So like the West West Chicago um, is like uh, suburbs, which is like where I live. So it would be kind of like your suburban area more. Um. And then I don't really think that there's an East Chicago. I mean, that would be like an Indiana. Uh, I would think like Gary, Indiana. <laughs> it's like, like close, close to the city, but there isn't really like an East cause it like goes up against like the lakes. Um, but yeah, South side is like White Sox, like Kaminsky park. And I've been there. Uh, yeah. And then North is where you got Wrigley field. Makes sense. Um, so let's move into the next topic after, since we already uh, discussed free agents and everything like that. Uh, the most important thing, which you are a – because I'm not personally into the collegiate side of things, the mm-hmm. scouting side of things, I defer to what I refer to as the experts. And experts are anybody who has more knowledge than I do. And let's be real. There is a lot of experts but I, I consider you as part of that group. And I think it was a month or two ago. So it was, I, I forget exactly when I, you posted this, but you did a mock draft for, I think it was DTR. And you had Atlanta selecting Quinny Pay. Mm-hmm. Do you still think that he is who Atlanta takes? No. And if not, why? Uh, I don't think so. I believe that when I did that, and I might be wrong, I don't even, I think at that point Atlanta had solidified, I don't remember if Atlanta had solidified number four or not. I don't think they had. Uh, But no, I don't think that they take him. Uh, In fact, I'm not entirely sold that Atlanta keeps number four. Uh, You're not entirely sold. No, and hear me out. Hear me out. They they Please, should trade with the Bears. I'm telling you, the Bears will give give you the world. Now, if the Bears want it, and here's the thing, I don't really, I don't know what's going on in that office. You know, some people think they want it, some people think that you know they're not going to trade up. But if the Bears will take number four, they will give you the world for that. And I was on a podcast um, last week, and I said the most valuable pick in this draft is number four overall right now because the the Falcons can can have all the power in the world because we basically know what the first three picks are going to be. We basically know it's going to be Lawrence Wilson and most likely fields. I don't buy that. It's going to be Mac Jones. It's going to be Justin Fields. So you've got those three, those three locked up top three. So if I'm Atlanta, I'm at least hearing what everyone has to say because there are, is at least one, maybe two more quarterbacks, if you want to include Mac Jones, that are 
quote unquote being looked at right now as franchise quarterbacks, and that's Trey Lance and Mac Jones. So if I'm Atlanta, I have all the power in the world right now. I can either keep it and take Matt Ryan's successor or possible successor and like a Trey Lance. I could take Kyle Pitts. I I'm not sure I would do that, but that you know some people think that they might want to do that. But the third option is the one I would go with. I would I would see who's going to give me the most for pick number four on a team like the Chicago bears who desperately needs a quarterback right now. I mean, they need a quarterback in my opinion, just as much as Jacksonville, uh, you know, or a team like the jets and they like Trey Lance. I'd say, okay, what are you going to give me for it? And I think, I think they should trade it. I, I think Atlanta has enough pieces right now to where they can pick later in the first and still get a good player. Like, I don't think that you need a really high pick. Yeah, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from on that. And, I mean, again, uh, you definitely have more knowledge of it than someone like than someone like me. Like, Because, again, I don't know this stuff. Like, I'm listening to all these guys out there. I'm listening to, uh, you know, like, first things first. Should we, should we get Mad Ryan's successor? I'm listening to Undisputed. Should we take Mad Ryan's successor? I'm listening to first take where Stephen A. Smith loves to, you know, say that Matt Ryan is regressing and that Max Kellerman says that Max that Matt Ryan is to, is regressing and that we need to get a successor. And I'm hearing like uh speak for yourself. They're saying should the Falcons be fully committed to him? Technically, if we're gonna go by the money thing, and Max Kellerman did allude to this, financially, it's physically impossible to get rid of Matt Ryan on the financial side of things uh, because his cap hit is just so astronomical. And we saw what the Eagles just did. They ate, I think it was 34. No, I'm, I might be rounding up, but I know they took like a huge cap hit to trade Wentz. And Matt Ryan would be way more than that. And I said it to my dad for months and months on it because even my dad, has said we need to get rid of Matt Ryan. In fact, he even referred to him as the white Jameis Winston at one point, uh, which is way, way too far out there. Um, But I was like to my dad, because my dad's a very good financial guy, or at least he's more financial than me. I'm very financially irresponsible. Uh, But I was like, Tim, let me put it this way with you in finances. You have a business and you have an employee that you want to cut. But in order to cut him, you have to eat $70 million over the next two years. Are you going to do that? And my dad was like, why the hell would anybody do that? I was like, thank you. That's the problem with Ryan. We can't get rid of him because the money is too much. And finally, he was like, oh, so that's what you meant. I was like, yeah, that's what I meant. What else did you think I meant? Um, but I get where you're coming from on the trading back. I do see a lot of people saying that we do, or like we should trade back. I also see the reports that our pick is where the draft starts. That's where everybody says the draft starts in Atlanta, because as you alluded to the top three picks, we already know Jacksonville is basically helping Trevor Lawrence with real estate at this point. And Zach Wilson I honestly don't know much about the kid from BYU. I do remember I said that Atlanta could have 
looked at him if like, you know, hypothetically he would have fell to four. And I do like his style per se. And I also asked, you know, a couple of my friends who watch college football, what's the difference from BYU schedule to say Boston college, just to, just to do like a Mad Ryan comparison in a sense. And they're like, it's not really that different. I mean, naturally the level of competition is, but it's not like significant to where it was like, oh, it's like a D1 quarterback to a D3 quarterback being selected third overall in a sense. Um, And I've also, and I know I've said it, like a lot of people have also speculated it with Jerry Jones being in quote unquote infatuated by him. If we do select Kyle Pitts, Atlanta, what do you, how do you think the offense will be? Like, where, where would you put that, the offense as a whole if Kyle Pitts became the next Atlanta Falcon? I mean, I think it, it obviously would give you guys a boost. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, you, people use the term generational with him a lot. I've heard unicorn. Yeah, he, he's just kind of like insane. And I think that, yeah, I mean, you'd have him. You'd have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, the running back position for you guys um, is a little up in the air, I feel. Maybe. I mean, you might bring back Todd Gurley. I still I still see you guys drafting someone, like in the second, maybe third round at, at running back. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it w- he would be good. I mean, wherever Kyle Pitts goes, he is going to improve that offense. I mean, you guys have Hayden Hurst, but – uh, and then it's slipping my mind, but I'm pretty sure you guys have another tight end. Um, we we tra- we traded for uh, Lee Smith from the Bills, who's yeah, like a, but, okay. more of a run blocking tight end. And then we have Jaden Graham who was a exclusive right. So it was basically he signs a one year deal, or you're not playing at all this year. Okay, so maybe so not who I was thinking of. So yeah, if you have. If you have Pitts and Hurst, I mean, that's a pretty good duo. That's a pretty good tight end duo. So, again, I won't be surprised if the Falcons do that. I just think that they can get a lot in return for giving up number four this year. Uh, so, you know, the decision of them is do we go after Pitts or do we get, get you know, just a plethora of draft picks for number four? It's not an easy decision. It's- well, you – well, I mean, you also said that Chicago could offer them the world. Yeah. What would you consider to be the quote-unquote world? Because I've also seen a, a report out there that Washington might try to pull a Ricky Williams trade with Atlanta for number four, in which they give him every draft pick that Washington has to move up to number four. So I think realistically, if I'm looking at pick number four – um obviously the first round pick so whatever my first round pick is um a second round pick or so I I think realistically what I would think a team would start at would be like a first round a third round maybe like a fifth round and a player because you also have to remember a lot of times you could throw a player in there and I think it depends on what the player is so if I'm Chicago and, you know, I'm trying to think positionally-wise off the top of my head, a position that you guys could want from Chicago. I mean, I would highly doubt Mac is available 
Uh, but I would say, I don't know. I, of course, now it's slipping my mind. But I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say two years of first round picks, probably a second and like a fourth and maybe like a sixth. So, so for 2021, I would go first round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, sixth round pick. 2022, I'd go first, third. I'd probably do it two years in a row and maybe a player. I don't know. See, that's where it gets weird because it's like you don't know you don't know what Atlanta wants in return and what the world is to them. Yeah, like I again I I barely even know this, but if there's one thing that we can agree, it's that if we tried this kind of a trade in Madden, we could literally have it perfect green bar and they'll be like, Oh yeah, this trade is declined. Well, when I've been doing my mocks on NFL network or not NFL, uh, the draft network, when I'm Chicago and I offer a first and a third this year and a first next year, that's all it takes. <laughs> I don't know if that's realistic. <laughs> that would be good for Chicago. That'd be good for, I mean, it, I mean, it is kind of a win-win. I think that Atlanta could maybe get a little more, um, than that, but that's, that seems to be the asking price when you ask, computer simulator you know first third and then next yeah, year's first yeah and you also said like maybe uh atlanta could go a uh, running back in the in like the second or third round or maybe even you know late round mm-hmm. pick or whatever i personally have said it that if we could get him it would be incredible i'm on the Najee harris bandwagon now most people have him as a going 18th overall to Miami. Some have him going 23rd overall to the Jets. One person has him going to the Bucks at 32, which would, it would, it would hurt me. It would, it would very much hurt me. Um, Of the, of these running backs, like these top ones, this uh, like, you know, Harris, ETN, um, and those two out of North Carolina, I, I, their names are slipping off the top of my head. Which one would be, like, would you think would be the, best in an Arthur Smith like offense. I really liked Javante Williams with you guys. His stock has risen a lot, but when I was doing drafts, like mock drafts, even a month ago, I had you guys taking him in the second round, fourth. Uh he, you know, that's where I thought maybe he'd fall to. I'm not sure he's going to be there now. I think he he Well, I don't know. I could see him going at the end of the first. I could see him being there early second round. But I really liked him uh, in, in your guys' offense. But, I mean, obviously Najee Harris would be great too. I, I don't think that he's going to be there, I mean, other than at four. But I don't see you guys taking him at four. I think if you guys traded back, though, you could get him. I mean, if you traded, like, again, with Chicago picks 20th, possibly could get him. Could probably for sure get Etienne, which would also be nice. But I really like Javante Williams with you guys. And I think that he there's a possibility that he'll be there in the second. Michael Carter is also the other running back out of North Carolina. He'll be there for sure. Those are the two I was thinking of. Yeah, I really like I just I just them. can't remember their names. Yeah, so it is something to watch for. I think if either one of them are there in the second round, they would be be great additions. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I have no idea what Atlanta 
is going to do. And I mean, you guys don't even know what the Rams are going to do in in the draft. Although, I would do you guys have a first rounder this year? I think you do, right? No, not for oh, a don't? very long time. Oh, right, 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 right. right. I, for, I forgot you guys mortgage the farm on the on the Stafford trade with first rounders. Yeah. Right. I forgot. I forgot. What? I'll still say Matthew Stafford probably a better upgrade than Jared Goff. I, I would I go. So. I would go that far. I think so. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing what he's going to do with with you guys. But speaking of Matts, we were alluding to it, and I'm going to bring it up. The whole Matt Ryan debate. I, I I'm personally on this boat. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's going to just fall off a cliff in the next two or three years. Um, and, I, and I just don't get why people say that he is the problem. I mean, yes, he has made some bad throws in, in his career. He's made some stupid decisions in his career. I will not discredit what happened in the Chargers game where we get an interception to win the game. He throws an interception. We lose the game. After that, though, he didn't throw another interception the rest of the season. Granted, it was three games, but two of them were the Bucs, and one was the Chiefs, and no interceptions, which was good. Um, The one interception, though, that still gets me to this day is the one from Austin Hooper four years ago, I think it was. It was the Thursday night game against New Orleans where he come out of the half, and it's the first play. He hits Hooper between the eight and the one, and it bounces off a of Hooper into the Saints defenders' hands. And I'm like, that interception, like if there's if there's one that really shouldn't count to his total, it's that one. Because it couldn't have been any perfect right in the money, right on the chest. Um, but he completed 65% of his passes this year. He threw for 4,000 yards. Granted, you know, we were behind a lot, but Dirk Cutter couldn't figure out an offense to save his freaking life. Um, and, I mean, he does have the streak right now. Ten straight seasons, 4,000 passing yards, more than Brady could say. Now that Breeze is retired, I mean, Breeze did have the record before Ryan and everything. I I just don't get where people are like, we have to get rid of him. We have to do it now. Like, who's to say that all five of these quarterbacks are going to pan out? Like, we we don't know that. Like, could I'm not going to harbor on the whole Trevor Lawrence commitment thing that people are doing. I feel like that's as much of a smokescreen as what you said and also what Bucky Brooks alluded to with the – uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones to uh, San Francisco story. That's literally just media out there. I don't buy that. I don't know what Zach Wilson's going to do. Fields, uh, as much as I hate to say this, especially to you because you're in the scouting world, I fell into that trap. I just can't get past the Ohio State helmet. I I want to, I really do, and it's just hard for me because it's like you went to that school, and yes, Dwayne Haskins, the Cardell Jones and all that, 
I get the Georgia beginning. I get that. So maybe he's the outlier. I just don't know. Mac Jones, the argument's there. He had a track team. He had Waddle. He had Chase. He had Smith. Well, not Chase. Waddle, Ruggs, Judy, Smith, Najee. He had all of that. And he also had a good offensive line, which also is something that people forget. It don't matter what quarterback you have. You could literally have a Patrick Mahomes. Do we see what happened in the Super Bowl? You, If you don't have an offensive line, the quarterback can't do anything. Yeah. Well, I agree. So, I agree with you. And yeah, I'm the same way when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks. I just, it's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me. Um, Mac Jones had a stacked team. Uh, and I, I'm not a Mac Jones hater. I actually like Mac Jones, but what's hard. And when you're looking, when you're trying to make a decision on a quarterback with Mac Jones, you look at a guy who had a stacked team and still didn't look like amazing. Right. So exactly. You know, I don't see him. I don't see him being great in the NFL. I, and if he is that he's going to need to sit behind somebody, I think, I think he's, one of those guys that that should can still be taken first round, maybe second round, but he needs a few years to sit behind someone. I think. Um, I, I just think that that's going to be a rough transition for him. But and that's not saying yeah. a lot because I've also said that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a rough transition, and I've said that I've been I've been open about that and how I feel about that too. Um, but I think with Mac Jones. It's a little hard because when when you have a team that good, like when Trevor Lawrence, like Trevor Lawrence also had a stack team and he looked really, really good, right? Mac Jones had a stack team and he still didn't look like that. <laughs> so, you, you know, it, it, all of that still wasn't enough to make him look like a superstar, in my opinion, um, which can sound kind of shallow, but it's realistic if you're trying to weigh your options. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, I do believe, and I and I wrote it for um for blogging dirty of the fan side and network that I've been that I've been writing for. I said that Matt Ryan is going to be our quarterback for the next three years, and I even wrote in that I was like, show me when Matt Ryan actually had a semblance of a competent defense in his career. Just show me one. The only one I can think of is 2017 when. They were top 10 in the league in defense, and we lost to the Eagles. That was the game with Julio through the end zone and everything against Nick Foles and the Magic run and the Minnesota Miracle, which, of course, you got you to gotta love. As Falcons fans, we love seeing that. And, and I've, I've even said it to our Saints friends, uh, Devin and Dylan. I've even done the Joe Buckton. Keenum steps into it, passes, caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win it. You, you know, go. it's always fun to do that. Yeah. Good and they're like, like, I'm, I'm very good at them. I'm very good at them. Uh, but it was, it, it, you know, of course, Saints fans and Fal- and Bucks fans are like, oh, hey, how's that, how's that Super Bowl go with you guys? And that, that's another thing that gets me with like, Stephen A. And he, even though he does have a point with it, at the same time, you're up 25 points. 
you think that they would run the ball, not throw the ball with under four minutes left. You would you would think that, but unfortunately we didn't. We had uh, we had Jake Matthews in the chokehold on Chris Long. Um, we had the, we had Edelman's miraculous catch, of which we can debate Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame for him. I say not. Um, it's just like everybody tries to use that as the reason we need to get rid of Ryan. And I'm like, and what really baffles me is some people say he's the only reason we lost that Super Bowl. Wasn't the defense, not Dan Quinn, not Kyle Shanahan, just Ryan. And I'm like, did you watch the game? Because it was it was ridiculous. Um, but the the main thing that gets me is again, it's just it it baffles me. Like, why are we so adamant on having to get rid of a proven veteran? And I and I said I was like, Atlanta fans, I want you to answer me this honestly and confidently. We can agree that Brady, sadly, is the best quarterback in the division. But what would you rather do? Go into 2021 with a veteran quarterback that actually gives you a chance with the seven-team format to make the playoffs or risk it with a rookie that might not pan out. Yeah. I mean, and, and listen, I, I wholeheartedly agree that Atlanta needs to hold on to Matt Ryan. I just think that any any notion of getting rid of him is just kind of ludicrous at this point. Um, and I, and I've been I've been fair in my criticism. I think of him, you know, in the past. I had a uh, I did a, a little ASMR video for YouTube two years ago, in which I kind of did quarterback rankings back when there was like this tier thing that was a trend. You like ranked elite and above average or average. Yeah, it was like it was like t- tier one, tier one, tier two, tier three, all kind that of. stuff. And I had Matt Ryan in like above average. And people were like infuriated with me that I like didn't put him higher. And I was like, why would I at that point? This was like after the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think he's right now playing at an elite level, but I definitely think he's a, still an above average quarterback. You know what I mean? And we might disagree. And, and I agree. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I. Yeah. And I think. Uh, Yo, I, I agree with you there because. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, that was one of the things that me when I was dating the Falcons fan that didn't go over well um, with him, with my, my opinion on Matt Ryan. But I, I do think that you need to hold on to Matt Ryan. I do think if, if the Falcons are going to stay at four, I still think they should consider if they're going to stay there, they should consider Trey Lance because they should consider Trey Trey and Mac Jones to me are the two quarterbacks. I think that need a little time. And so I think with Trey Lance, what you're getting out of Trey Lance that you're not getting out of Mac Jones is I think Trey Lance is going to be really successful in the NFL. But I think that he could benefit from a year or two behind a Matt Ryan. So to me, if you're going to keep number four, I would take Trey Lance over Kyle Pitts. I know that that seems like crazy because, again, Kyle Pitts is obviously ready right now. He's an insane tight end, whatever. But I think that the Falcons kind of have this luxury of this option right now to maybe take a guy like Trey Lance, who could, who's going to be, in my opinion, a franchise quarterback, and also keep Matt Ryan, not have to get out of the Matt Ryan contract. I, I know that's probably not the most popular 
like opinion among Falcons fans. Like they want someone like a Kyle Pitts who can play now, but it's something to consider if you're going to stay at four. I mean, the, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't know what's going to happen with, with the quarterbacks and everything. Personally, if, if one of them comes in and does well after Matt Ryan, fantastic. That's great. I hear people say with, with the Pitts thing, it's like, we had Tony Gonzalez at the end of his career. Now you're getting Tony Gonzalez at the beginning, which is nice. I did a mock draft. I traded down with Carolina and I took Patrick Sertan because I like uh, what Sertan can bring to the table. I do like him uh, out of Alabama. Uh, his Apparently he went to a high school down in South Florida that I've heard about. I've never been to it. But you went to private school, like, uh, and everything, so you know the the standard. If it's a public, I don't know if it's like this in Missouri and Illinois, but in Florida, at least, when the public goes up against the private in sports, ninety five percent of the time, the private school ends up whooping the you know what out of the public school. Um, yeah. So he he because he went to a high school called American Heritage. It's out of Plantation. And they are one of the best in the class for football. So he won three state titles there, unsurprisingly, because, again, they're just that good. Um, Then he went to Alabama, you know, wins the Natties and everything. So I thought he'd be good for us, partnering up with A.J. Terrell. Pro Football Focus is, the trade was an A+, the pick was a D-. I'm like, have you looked at our defense? A D-? That's an A. Or at least them, but it don't really matter because no matter what happens, whatever pick you Atlanta does, and conversely, if the Rams did, the Rams would. There's going to be people who love the pick. There's going to be people who hate the pick. Right. And and I I just don't know. I mean, like I said, when I said Matt Ryan was a quarterback for three years, I look on uh, Facebook where you know they were blogging dirty posted my article too, and I'm looking at the comments, just reading them, and one person said. I'm sorry, Falcons fans. One, actually, very. Uh, I still have it um, in in the Falcons uh, Discord server that I'm a part of because I posted the photo and it was absolutely hilarious when I when I read it because I I still love it. Um, it's just going to take me a minute to. Oh, here it is. Sorry, haters and Atlanta sports media. One guy you didn't run out of town. Sadly, you can't run a guy out of town if he's never been in Atlanta. There you uh, go. And, I mean, t- technically I have been. I-, I went there once for uh, the Falcons-Giants game on Monday night. My brother took me as a like a thank you and a birthday gift. And I will tell you this. If you ever get a chance to go and see that new stadium, it is incredible. That's what I've heard. I've heard nothing but good things about it. And And the concession prices are accurate. They are accurate, so uh, yeah, having that is even definitely better. a good thing too. Even, even yeah. better, and and they have a charging station too. So let's say your phone was at like ten uh, percent, you can literally leave it in section. I think it was one hundred four was the section. They have an AT and T charging station. You you fill out the form, they give you the ticket, and they charge your phone right there. There you go. It's crazy yep. technology. <clears throat> Yes, yes, it is. And now that we've gone through the bulk of it, 
Are you ready for the hot seat, Alexis? I am ready. I've never been more ready in my life. Ooh, okay. All right. Let's that's good. All right. So first question for the hot seat. When you saw the Falcons new uniform design that came out last year, initial thoughts, then we'll get your now on your thoughts when you first saw it on the field. And then what's your favorite of the designs? I hated it. I you hated them at the beginning. I hated it. I don't want to get too graphic, but it reminded me of something pretty gross. And it just looked not appealing to me. And then I still didn't like it when I saw it on the field. But I'm not going to lie. I don't like ombre and any like or not ombre gradient i just think is bad i don't even like it on the rams uniforms so i'm not just trying to hate i don't (laughs) like it on my own team's uniforms so i didn't really like that jersey the other ones i liked the ones that didn't involve the kind of gradient like color change i actually liked i feel it but the the gradient to me didn't like and that's what i think about when you said new uniform so i should have grouped them all together but uh, the other ones, like the solid color, I think the blackout, I believe you guys have, right? Where's black? Went back in black. Yes, I like that one. Um, but the one that they rolled out with the first one was kind of that, like, that gradient one. I just did not like it. And I'm sorry, but you put me on the hot seat. Just being honest, hey, not a fan. No, I mean, that. no, that's perfectly fine with that. I mean, I know personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of the gradient jerseys either. But as I saw, when I saw them on the field, at least, like the the new uniforms. Now, personally, that all white, that is my favorite of all of them. Like, I just, like, it just looked icy clean. Um, the, the all white ones, the black, the all black ones were definitely a nice one. The white with the black pants is definitely nice. Um... I personally was not a fan of the red pants with the white jersey. I, I was not a fan of those at first. Um, I don't know if uh, I've seen that one. I haven't seen that combination. I've seen kind of yeah, the I don't main think, three. Yeah, I don't think we wore the 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 uh, white jersey with the red pants. We wore the white with the black pants. We wore the all white. We wore the all black. We wore the throwbacks and the one game against the Ram. Uh, not the uh, the Lions where was the Todd Gurley forgets to fall down at the one-yard line game. And, uh, I mean, the Greenies looked okay on the field. They looked okay. They're not, again, they're still not the greatest. And as long as it's made like a, every, like made like a one-off thing, I'm fine with it. Um, but definitely the all-white was my favorite. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I'm not just hating on on them specifically. I didn't like the gradient that the Rams did either, and I still don't. And I'm kind of in the minority of my fan base with that, but just I'm not not a fan at all. Well, you guys only did the gradient on the numbers, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it just, but yeah, I don't. I just didn't. It just looks weird. <laughs> it just it just looks weird. It just looks unfinished, at least with the Rams. When I look at their jerseys, um, it's like. I'm so bothered. Like I want to color in yellow the bottom of their. It just looks like it got unfinished <laughs> when you look at them on the field, and it just bothers me. Oh, that's hilarious! And I mean, it, it's it's definitely. It, 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 I I get where you're coming from on that. Uh, second question that I have: 
is when Atlanta came to the Rams the year that Gurley was going ballistic and everything and offensive player of the year and everything. Um, we came out to the Coliseum and we beat you guys 26 to nine. What were your initial thoughts going into that game? And how did Atlanta look to you in that game? Was this a playoff game? Yes, it was. For, yeah. It was wild card. Um, round. I kind of felt like we were going to lose that game. Um, Ooh. Only because I just felt like we kind of had barely made the playoffs and we just were missing some pieces and I just wasn't that confident and I just felt like Atlanta was the better team uh, at that point. So I kind of went in thinking that like it's probably not going to be good for us and then we did lose, Uh, which, you know, I so I wasn't shocked by that. I mean, I was obviously bummed. And, yeah, I just don't think the Rams were there yet. That was the year before we had the Super Bowl run. Um, and we had we improved dramatically that year. But at that point, when we played the Falcons, I just thought we just weren't there yet. Well, that's not, that, that's not a bad way of thinking it. Um, next, next up I got the NFC Championship game, the one that – Everybody goes after because we we all agree it was a missed call. What were your thoughts during that game? Like, do you think that the Rams should have lost, could have lost, or needed to lose? The one with the uh, against the Saints. Yep. Uh, I felt that we were going to win that game the entire time, and. That obviously was a horrible missed call. We can all agree, but I don't, as weird as it sounds, I don't think that's the reason the Saints lost. And I still think that the Rams deserve to lose. The Saints made a lot of bad plays before that. And after that, that contributed to them losing, including, well, first off, right after that play, there was a missed call in the end zone. Um, Another, I mean, it was an as obvious but there was a missed call that would have the rams didn't get a touchdown because there was pass interference from uh new orleans so that was also missed so then that evened out and then it's not like we forced drew Brees to throw an interception in overtime (laughs) he did that all on his own so the the saints deserve to lose that game and they could cry about it all they want and try to sue the nfl and act like babies for years and, and go to con- and go to congress and filibuster about that oh my god because i yes. a, 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 everything you said is exactly what that's i said why i can't stand and, the saints now and they're not in my division but i cannot stand i just think their fan base just acted so incredibly outrageous and mike thomas was such a you know i'm not gonna curse on your podcast yeah. but he just acted like such a little baby about it it was just unreal well don't uh, i mean i should have probably also specified that cursing is legal as long as it doesn't he get acted like a bitch. too far out there he just acted like a bitch <laughs> like i've never seen someone act like a bigger bitch in my life like M- michael thomas literally is such a bitch and i don't say that about many players in the nfl because i and i i'm not a hateful person i don't hate him i actually don't even really dislike him i mean i do but i don't but i just he acts like that there's numerous occasions so I probably I'm I'm not calling him a bitch, but he's acted like a bitch on numerous occasions, and drags it out. And I don't really yeah, like. I, 
I don't think it's I don't really like the slander he even threw Drew Brees way recently where he kind of made that comment on on Twitter about quarterbacks and everything I think it's really in poor taste especially when your quarterback is Drew Brees who who even though I don't like the Saints I do like you know I think he respects his teammates and I think Mike Thomas should have done the same and I maintained for years that Brees was the best quarterback in the conference I didn't I didn't get the the Rodgers love or the Wilson love I said the best quarterback in the conference was Brees yeah one second I'm grabbing my computer charger no you're fine you're fine um so I mean and you said it I mean with the Michael Thomas thing that was another thing that you also uh forgot to mention Coming out of the two-minute warning, they you guys had less than three timeouts. Who throws the ball on first down knowing an incompletion is essentially giving you that timeout back? So it was like a lot of things went into that into that game. Uh, and, and I've said to the Saints fans too, and, you know, they just go back to me and say 28-3. to three. I'm like, oh, wow, nice comeback. Yeah. Um, ne- ne- next question I have. And this one is actually a little off Falcons topic. If I'm sure, I mean, let's be real. We all know the playmaker, Michael Irvin, correct? Correct. You've heard that he has said that this year, the Cowboys are going to be so fly in so far. Agree or disagree? Disagree. Are the Cowboys (laughs) even like, like, are they even able to play? Like, they I, – I don't know. I just – they they got some work to do. Um, I think that's a bold statement from Michael Irvin, and I love Michael Irvin, but I do think that he's a little biased. Um, and he's – Yeah, just a little he's, bit. you know, blinded by his love for the Cowboys to not realize that they're basically very close to being a dumpster fire. So I don't foresee that happening. It, it, anything could happen and if it does happen i'll eat crow but uh yeah false false statement in my opinion well i mean as long as you know they play atlanta all they gotta do is kick an onside kick and you know they'll they'll do that and that was that was definitely a lot of fun that game too um and i think i'm trying to think what what's another good a good question that i okay here, here's a good one because granted, we were young when it happened. Um, what do you, what did you think about what happened with Vic? Like, I mean, we like I'm not talking what happened to get him in jail. I'm talking about post that. Do you think he deserved a second chance in the league? Um. Yes. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. That's so tough. And that's something that I don't actually, like, I know the, the, the basis of it. I've never like looked into the hard details of what went down. I, my instinct when you asked me that was weirdly, I kind of wanted to say one side of me wanted to say no, because I love dogs. And I think it was really, really, really horrible. I think that was horrible. Uh, but the only reason that I say yes is you look at other guys who've gotten second chances in the NFL for worse. And I use worse I with, you know, um, hesitation because, like, again, I just think – I think it was really horrible. 
put dogs and through what they they put dogs through. Uh, but he seemed very contrite. Yeah, and I felt that he did regret it. And did he regret it for the right reasons? Um, no one's ever going to really know. Did you know? Did he actually regret it, or did he gr- regret what had happened to his career because of it? Um, but yeah, it, that's a tough one. I I'm I I can honestly say I'm unsure how I feel about about that. Still, I I can all I know for sure is I just I really hated what went down with that. I just think it was horrible. No, that that that's that's perfectly a reasonable way to think it. The reason I bring that question up is because my mother always could never figure out why Fox Sports gave him, you know, that job on the pregame show as an analyst and everything. And I was like, Mom, let me think. Let me put it this way to you: How many of the players that that have been in the league have done far worse things? Actually, ever worked to like you know show that look i i screwed up i made one of arguably one of the biggest mistakes of my life and now i'm trying to prevent people from doing it by working with organizations whose goal is to prevent the very thing that i did so that's that's what got me it's like he and he owned up to his mistake he did time and then he's working with PETA and all of them, even though, let's be real, nobody really cares about PETA. All they do is find ways to negate every good thing in the, in the world. I mean, they went after freaking Steve Irwin, for Christ's sakes. Um, but he he's the outlier in a sense, that he did something, but he he's worked to be better because of it. And that's why I gave him a second chance. But as always... As uh, Spider-Man used to say in Family Guy, when they're like, wow, thanks, Spider-Man. Everybody gets one. Tell him, Peter. Um, apparently, everybody gets one. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. It's, it's tough because, again, like, we'll never know if he was actually sorry or not. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think at that point, I mean if you're going to give other people second chances in the NFL, he should have gotten one as well. But, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't think I felt, would have felt too strongly either way. And I honestly don't know entire specifics about that um, because every time I've thought about that, it, it honestly just like makes me just not feel good. <laughs> and I just, I, I've never actually looked into the specifics of what went on. So I could be missing some details, but I know the generalization of, of what he did, but. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the the question was more general, right? Than than anything than anything else. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I know it was a sensitive one, but again, it was the hot seat. So <laughs> it was a uh, you know again oh. it had to be it had to be tough had to be tough questions. Yeah. Um, and I think this is here, here's a here's a fun final one. We'll we'll we'll, we'll end the hot seat on a fun note. Starbucks or Dunkin'? Starbucks. All right, now, fair enough. Could I answer that quick enough? Um, here's, <laughs> here, but you know what's weird about that is in college. So I was always a Starbucks fan, and I was very loyal to them. And then in college, I switched to Dunkin' Donuts because there was a Dunkin' Donuts on my way to school, 
Um, so I, I went through that drive through like every morning before my classes. So then I switched to Dunkin'. And then when I got done with my undergrad, I went back to Starbucks because it was a matter of like convenience almost. So I was, I just kind of was going, um, there's not like a ton of Dunkin' Donuts in St. Louis, which is where I was until this year. So uh, it was like, I wasn't going to go out of my way to like go find a Dunkin'. So I was back at Starbucks. And then I just like noticed just the qualities better, in my opinion, just the coffee. I, I don't know. Because then I, I tried Dunkin' before in other places and I just after having Starbucks for so long, I was like, I just felt like the quality was is better at Starbucks. It's a little pricier. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so loyal to Starbucks and it killed me that I didn't have any this morning because I have it every morning, but I didn't get it before my vaccine because I was like, <laughs> I just don't want to be all caffeinated going into my vaccine. So I did. did plus who knows if the caffeine might've had a right. like, potential like you said the 15 15 minute like you know uh test to make sure that everything was all right right and i mean you said duncan i'm, I'm just gonna say it i mean i i'm a i mean I, I i'm okay with starbucks it's just i'm cheap I, I'm, I'm cheap it just depends what you're looking for like if you just want basic coffee there's really like both will do um i think starbucks just has a little bit of a better variety for me but i just uh, quality wise it just might have been like the duncans i was going to weren't great but when i started when i tried duncan a couple times after i'd switch back the ones by me and i say by me back back where i was there, there wasn't many uh it just wasn't the same but i was very loyal to duncan in college every morning for four years literally every every what? school morning if for four years i went to dunkin donuts to get coffee well if, if there's one thing that we can all that we can also agree with about college it's that aside from being able to pursue a passion and get the qualifications which surprisingly are no longer qualifications because entry-level jobs want years of experience that we do not have um yep. the one the one thing that we can all agree about college it's sleep what is sleep like what 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 is what is that five letter word? Uh, it, 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 is it something to do at night? Like what is it? You know, I I agree. I love sleep, but I also, especially did in college. But I have now. I have a weird relationship with sleep because I, Amy Poehler once said that you know she spends, and I'm butchering this, but it essentially it was like. I spent all my time chasing sleep and then pushing it away, <laughs> which is totally me. Like I think about all the time. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to be able to take a nap. I want to go to bed. And then when it's time, I like fight it and I don't want to sleep, you know? So that's the relationship. Yeah. I, I, I know the feeling. It, it's definitely a lot of fun. isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate sleep, but I, I have a, weird relationship with it nope i I totally get that um but ladies and gentlemen that is going to be the end of today's episode of the downtown falcons podcast we do want to thank once again the lovely and very smart alexis craft for joining us today alexis please tell the audience where they can find you on twitter so they can have future conversations with you well thank you again for having me this was a lot of fun and i appreciate you extending the invite uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Alexis Craft. That's Craft with a K. 
Uh, I'm on there a lot. I do my best to respond to everyone that I can. And especially with draft, the draft about to come up, uh, going to be talking a lot about the draft on there as well. So if that interests you, uh, feel free to uh, give me a follow and reach out on there. And you can also find her on the Downtown Rams website where she does her podcast with Jake Ellenbogen at DT or Downtown Rams. Something like that. I'm, at downtown I'm butchering Rams. the <clears throat> at Downtown Rams. I was butchering it uh, for, for a minute there. But they do incredible work with the podcast. They're up to what? I think it's 350 episodes or something like that. They're coming on like a year, a year's worth of episodes if they haven't already passed it yet. 350 just dropped. <clears throat> Episode 350. So 15 more to go, guys. 15 more. They'll have a year's worth of podcasts for you guys by the start of the regular season. Okay, I won't go start of the regular season. I'll go sometime before the start of 2022. Maybe. Yeah, it just depends. It depends <clears throat> what happens. Yes, yes, it does. And you guys can find me on Twitter at JoeCarlino14. You can follow my co-host Tyler Vining at tvining13, and you can also follow the Falcons Twitter account at DTSN Falcons. Thank you guys so much for what for listening into us. We will see you guys on the next episode, and thank you once again, Alexis. <laughs>